So, a good dawah, today's daf is daf Tzadi Dalit, page 94, and Helega Masechah Subas. We pick up with Amar Rav Nachman. If you look at the word Amar in parentheses, it's four lines from the top of Tzadi Dalit, Amar Aleph. Let's remind ourselves of the sugya. So, the Mishnah on the bottom of Tzadi Gimel Amar Beis 93b had taught us that if somebody's married to four wives and he dies, so the, it goes in order of, of who he married first, they're able to collect first. However, when they collect from each other, when they collect from the estate, so the first wife is going to have to swear to the second wife that she never received any of her ksuvia, and then she could take it. The second wife will swear to the third wife. The third wife will swear to the fourth wife. Each one's going to swear that they never received any part of the ksuva, and then they could collect it. The fourth wife, the Danakama said, doesn't have to swear to anybody. Banana said, no, she also does need to swear. All right, now, What's the obvious question is, who she's swearing to? Why does she need to swear? So what's the cause of it? So the Gemara is trying to understand the Machlaikas, specifically Benanas. He's the one who's like, why? who's this fourth wife swearing to? And what's the purpose? So we're going to pick up with Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Rav Baravu. That's the parentheses, that's the parentheses over here. Let's get going. Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Rav Nachman says the name of Rav Baravu, another reason why we have a Machlekes in Tanakama and Bananas about whether or not the fourth one needs to make a Shavuot. Everybody agrees that if the fourth one were to jump ahead of third, second, or first wife, she would need to take a um, that whatever she collects is not considered collected. She has to wait until her turn on the lien of the estate comes around. However, here in our Mishnah, the Machlaika says about Shama Taksif. We're concerned that um, what's going to happen when the fourth wife takes whatever's written in her ksuba and it's not going to leave enough for the other wives to now go collect on their own. Banana says, We are concerned that if she goes and collects first and she jumped the gun, usually it's not going to be good, but if let's say she did that. She has to make an oath that she hasn't been paid, and then afterwards she could take. We're not concerned that the fourth wife maybe will be machsif, will will um, you know remove all property from the estate. Meaning like this: the Gemara is explaining, according to the opinion of the Tanakama, that if let's say the fourth wife were to make a shul, and Tanakama is the fourth wife does not need to make a shul, but according to Tanakama, the fourth wife would, according to to, yeah, the Tanakam of the does not need to make a shua. Why? Because since the original person is going to be allowed to take the field back anyway, so she'll just collect it. She'll collect it. Let's say the fourth wife goes ahead of the first wife. The first wife would just go and take that field back from the fourth wife. So what's the purpose of the fourth wife making an oath? Nothing. What, what's going what's to help her? It's not going to help her at all. Anyway, the first one's going to be uh, going to be allowed to uh, to take it back, and therefore, Banana says we are concerned about it, using it up, and let the first one take afterwards. And and Tanakama says no, no need for an oath. Okay, so that's one way to understand the machlekas, or we'll call it another way because we did it. We did have a, one uh, approach yesterday. So this is the second way. Let's keep going. Another possible answer to understand the machlekas between Tanakama and Banana. Sabai says that by Kishishi could be nayu. The difference in Tanakama and Banana is going to be uh, concerning the halacha by Abaye Kashisha, the older Abaye. The Tony Abaye Kashisha, Abaye, the older Abaye says, Yisaymim Sha'amru, um, Yisaymim Sha'amru. 
the Yisoyimim that we were speaking about in the Mishnah. Gedailim, the Eintzar Klamrakatanim, applies even by Gedailim. Okay, now this is talking about, you know, in addition to the four wives, if you have a case where you have a person that passes away and somebody is coming to Besdin and claiming that the father who passed away owed him money. He wants to take money from the Yisoyimim. The Allah is, this person is going to have to take an oath. To take, what oath is he going to have to take? That any uh, loan that he's owed or any money that he's owed has not yet been paid off. This is true when the orphans are gedailim, and certainly if they are ketanim, you're going to have to swear first. Okay. Now, Tanakama Leslie Dabai Kashisha. Tanakama does not hold of Abaye Kashisha. Okay. And he says like this you don't need to create a shua. Bezdin does not need to create a shua. You know why? If the gedolim, if the adult orphans had a problem with it, you know what they would do? On their own, they'll force a shua. They'll come to Bezdin and force a shua. So Tanakama says, "Let's divide Kashisha. You don't need to do that." And since we don't need to do that, if the if any other of the other wives wanted to obligate a shul, because hey, let them do it. Why do we got to establish that as a bezdin? Banana says no. He he does a, he does hold of the ruling of Abaye Kashisha, and therefore he says that even the fourth wife is going to have to make a shul. Why? See, here's the deal. Remember, this guy passed away. He's got four wives. Each wife wants to collect her ksuba. What happens after the ksuba is collected? What happens after the ksuba is collected? Any remaining money is going to go as an inheritance. So says this approach of Abaye, very simply, this is very, very logical. Wife number one needs to swear. Wife number two needs to swear. Wife number three needs to swear. Wife number four needs to swear, says Bananas. Why? Because each one of them is taking money from the potential money from the inheritor's estate, or they really are taking money from the, the Somim's estate. Anytime you take money from, a, from an orphan's estate, you're going to be obligated to make a shvua. Okay? Beautiful. Amr of Huna says, Hani trei Fascinating case. Listen closely, it's gishmak. If you have two brothers who inherit, or two partners who inherit, this Ludino Badechad, see, here's what happens. You have Yankel, Reuven and Shimon are brothers, or we'll call it Reuven and Shimon are partners. Either way, Yankel wants to collect fields. He wants to take the fields from them. So he takes Reuven to court. Shimon's not there. This do trade dina badechad. Okay, so they have um, they have uh, two alachas badechad, and and he wants to uh, challenge one of them. So he takes only Reuven to Bezin. Again, he's going to have to remove the property from both Reuven and Shimon, but he only wants to take Reuven from Bezin. All right? So what's the halacha in such a case where only one litigant was taken to Bezin and not two? Thank like, you. No, the other brother or the other partner that was not in Bezin cannot say to Yankel, listen, at lav baldvarim idiyat. You can't take my part of the land. You can't take my half the land. You never took me to court. What we say is like this. If he took one of the partners to court and he won, so he could take the whole land. Because, listen, he got a claim against the whole thing. Ah, the other litigant wasn't there, so what? I had one of you there. That's all I need. So what says the Gemara? Ikler of Nachman the Surah, this once happened, where Rav Nachman came to Surah, 
Shailue, and they asked him, Kihai Gavnamai, what's Allah? Somebody wants to claim land from two partners. One of them's taken to Bezdin. They lose the case. What's the Allah? Does the partner also have to give up his part of the land? Or does he talk have a claim that you gotta take me to Bezdin too? Amarlu, he says, Masisani, it's a Mishnah. And he's gonna, he's gonna quote our Mishnah. Beautiful. Remember our Mishnah? Harishaina, the first wife, Nishbas Lashniya. She swears to the second wife. Vushniya Lashlisha, the second wife swears to the third wife only. Ushnisha Slavia is the wife swears to the fourth wife. That they weren't paid off. Now, the Ilu and if. Rishaina Lashlisha is like a Tani. Why is the first one only swearing to the second wife? Why doesn't she have to swear to all the wives? Why does she have to swear to wife two, three, four? Why is she only swearing to wife number two? Gavaldi. My time, the second wife is acting as a shiach for everybody else. You see Gishmak. Once a wife makes a shvua to any other wife, that suffices. So too, when somebody has, wants to take a, uh, a land that's owned by partners, he wants to take one partner to a dintaira, and, they, and the, that one partner loses, the whole partnership has to give up their land. You don't need to make a shvua to each person. Even one suffices. It's a beautiful raya. To which the Gemara says, wrong. Me dummy, you can't compare our Mishnah of the wives collecting the ksuva to the case of the partners being taken to a dentator. Why not? Me dummy, hasam shvua lechad shulamein. The same shvua, the same oath that the first wife is going to make to the second wife is the same oath as three and four. What's she making a shvua on? I didn't collect my ksuva. My husband never gave it to me. So that's it. Nothing's changing. Doesn't matter who she's swearing to. Outside him, it's all the same thing. Nothing's changing. So once she swears to one, she swore to everybody. But by the case of the Bezdin, when he takes one partner to Bezdin, Omar, the other partner, is going to say, if I, if I would have been there, I would have hired a better lawyer. I would have had a better claim. And therefore, it's a different reality. So by the women, what each one's making an oath. So you make one, an oath to one is an oath to all. By partners, doesn't change. I'm sorry, by, by there, it doesn't change. By partners, it could change. Because partner, the, the second partner will say, listen, you didn't take me. I would have had a, I would have had a, a, a better taina, and I may have won. Hence, you got to take me to a dintaira too. Okay, so there's no proof. Falaya Amar, says, Gamar, you should know that this halacha that we're saying that you need to take both partners to court is only true when the second partner wasn't in town, meaning he never had a chance to join in on the case. But let's say the other partner was in town. You take one litigant to a dintar, one partner to a dintar. And the second one is in town, but he just doesn't show up. So, you can say to him, listen, it's your fault you weren't there. You had a chance to come, and you didn't. So now you want to you, you come to me, Yankel, and say, oh, new dintaira for me. I could have had a better claim. No, if you had a better claim, show up. If you didn't show up, the original, the, the original din is going to apply to both. Beautiful. Period. Two dots. We're now three lines from the bottom of Tzadi Dalit Amad Aleph. Itmar, we learn, if you have two shtarais, two documents that are dated on the same exact day. Rav Omar Chokin. Rav says, we, they divide us, we don't know what to do. So two people are demanding property. The, the properties was, was owed to both of them on the same day. So Rav says, split it. Shmuel Omar, Shuda the Daini. 
Shmuel says, you don't necessarily have to split it. You, you don't necessarily split it. It's going to be up to the, the judges. Shuda, you have to evaluate it, the dining, by the judges. Okay, fine. Says the Gemara, Lema the Rav Amar Karameir, the Amar Karsi. Let's assume that Rav, who said Cholkin, who said split it, holds that Eide Chasim Karsi. It's the ones who sign on the document that are uh, kairisit, that really create, you know, establish it. Ushmol Damar Rebbe Lazar, Ushmol Zik Rebbe Lazar, Damar Eide Mesira Karsi, who says Eide Mesira, whoever witnesses the giving over of the document, that's when um, the the obligation kicks in. Okay, why? Because if you look at the document itself, the document itself, the date is exactly the same. So you know what you have to do? You, you look at the chasima and you say, it is what it is. Whatever whatever date is there, that's the date that's there. If you're going to say that the, the Dayanam need to look into this, can sign, it's possible, even though a get or a document is dated on a specific day, it wasn't necessarily handed over and completed on on uh, that exact day. Okay. Um, the The... Same thing would hold true, by the way, by a document of a sale. If something was sold, let's say there's a lien on it, so the whoever witnesses the handing over of the document of sale, that's what's going to affect the that's what's going to affect the uh, the power of sale to make sure that it doesn't go back at all. Mimela, you're not going to be allowed to go do that a second time. So according to Shmuel, if you think about this, let's just put this very simply: the two documents can't both be true. You won't split it. Because let's say the documents both state that Yankel, one document states Yankel sold it to Reuven on January 1st. The other one says Yankel sold it to Shimon on January 1st. You can't split it. Because it's either or. One of them's true, one of them's not true. Once it's handed over with witnesses, (laughs) the second sale is not valid. To go and divide it now is Sheker. There's no way you're ending up with the right Allah. So that's how the Gemara is assuming the Machlaikis is, to which the Gemara responds, light. No, that's not the Machlaikis, to Kul Yamakar, Allah, everybody holds Ede Mesira Karsi, it's the, those who witness the delivery of the contract that uh, creates the impact. And here the Machlaikis is, Rav Savar Chaluka Adifa, Rav says, dividing it equally is better, is Adif. And Shmuel says, you know, the way, the, the way to figure it out is not with an automatic split ski, but by shuta dadani. Okay, shuta means the judges decide who to give it to. Again, because like we said before, Rav says, if you don't know, split it. I know this is not going to be true because one, one owns it, the other one doesn't, but what else is he supposed to do? Each one has no greater proof than the other. So what do you do? Split it. But Shmuel says, no. I prefer that you don't do just a, a split ski. Give it to one person. At least you have a chance that the real owner is going to end up with the whole thing. Says the Gemara, But can we say that this, this, uh, um, the, this halacha is and everybody, Rav and Shmuel, are both agreeing with Rav Lozav, Rav Yudam, Rav, but Rav says the name of Rav, same Rav. Halacha Rav Lozav, but Gitin, 
Allah is only following Rabbi Lazar by Gitin, that Ede Mesira Karsi. Whoever witnesses the handing over the get, that's when it's effect. And when I says over the Shmuel, Amar Af he says not only a get, it's anything else. Now, Machlal, the Rav Sovar, Bishtaris Loi. Rav holds that Ede Mesira are not true by a regular document, it's only by a get. So you see that Rav does not rely on Ede Mesira. According to this answer that we gave, we're saying Rav and Shmuel both agree with Rabbi Lazar, Ede Mesira Karsi. The Gemara is challenging that, saying it's not true. Rav does not hold Ede Mesira Karsi unless it's a get. By regular document, he holds no. So that's we're obviously misunderstanding the machlekes. So Gemara says you're right. This approach to explain machlekes is wrong. Let's go back to our original approach that it is Rav Kerev Meir or Shmuel Kerevi Olazer. Rav holds like Rav Meir and Shmuel holds like Rebbe Olazer. Okay, beautiful. So Rav's going to say that um, the um, you know everybody's going to agree. That Gitin, it's Ede Mesira Karsi. Everyone's going to agree with that. But by a document, we're going to say that it's, uh, it's Taka Machlaikas. Okay, beautiful. Mesvei, that's a challenging question. If you have two documents that are dated the same day, Cholken, you'd split it. What does it seem to be? It's a Brisa. That's what Rav said. Shmuel said, Shmuel said, no, Bezdin should figure this out and ultimately decide on one. Rav said split it. The Brisa here says split it. Shmuel should Shmuel in early Amira should not be arguing on a Brisa. It says Gemara Amar Lach Shmuel. Shmuel will say to you, "How many of Meir he?" And no, this Brisa is Meir. If I not done, he I have another Tana backing me up. Shkayich, you want to blow me out of the water with a Brisa? Well, there's another Tana backing me up, so I'm just passing like part of that Machlekes. I'm allowed to do that as an Amira. Says the Gemara. Now, an Amira can't argue on a Tana. If you have your own Tana backing you up, you're Beseder. This is how, by the way, let's pause for a moment. This is how every Psaqa works. There's a lot of things in a Gemara that are Machlaikas. And then ultimately the Torah, down to the Shulchan Aruch, Paskins, Lahalacha. Ay, how could the Shulchan Aruch, Paskin, uh, you know, uh, something which is a Machlaikas? The answer is, as long as you have a, as long as you have a Rishon and then, a, you know, a Gain or an Amira, Backing you up, you're fine. You're allowed to pass like one side of a machaikas. You just can't argue on by yourself on a tanas. That's the like Gemara's answering over here. Shmuel's going to say shkayech. Rav Meir argues with me. Belazar doesn't. So I'm following him. Says Gemara, Rav Meir Masefa. If we're following the pin of if the brisa is only Rav Meir and not Rabbi Elazar, let's go to the end of the brisa. Let's say the document to sell the land, was written out to Ruvain, And then he writes another document, which is written to Shimon. And it's given over to Shimon. Whoever was handed the document owns the field. Now if you're a mayor, and if it's a mayor, why is the second guy being kind of the field? Mayor holds that as soon as it's signed, it's his. The second one had it handed over, but the first one had it signed. So the end of the brisa cannot be Rav Meir. So Gemara says, Tanohi, the Tanya, we learned in the Brisa, Yachleiku, that um, whenever you have a, uh, a situation where somebody's supposed to hand over either a gift or somebody's supposed to hand over a sale, and we're not sure who's supposed to, who was intended to be the recipient. So the Chum say, Yachleiku, Will tell anybody who's possibly the owner to divide it. The Kanamru and in in uh, Bavel they said Mashiyirza Hashlish Yase. 
Now the shlish means a third party. A third party means somebody who's appointed by the, let's say somebody passes away, he appoints an apitropis, he appoints an overseer of the estate, he appoints a trustee, or we have a bezin. He's the one who should decide which one should get it. So whoever says yachleiku seems to be following the pin of Rav. Whoever says shudududaymi, we leave it up to an entity to determine who gets the entire thing, is going to be following the opinion of Shmuel. Okay. Now the Gemara is going to share a story, with, uh, an incident about a case similar to our halachas that we are discussing. He made the Rami Barchama, the mother of Rami Barchama. Kasvesinu, she wrote, Linichsa, her property, Lerami Barchama, Bitsafra. She gave away what she owned to Rami Barchama, her son, Bitsafra, in the morning. So, 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. She writes, my son, Rami Barachama, should get my land. Lu'orta, later that day, in the evening, Kasvinu Mar'ukva Barachama. She wrote it out to Mar'ukva Barachama. Okay. A different son that she had. Yes. Yeah, so she wrote two documents. One was put together in the morning, the other one was put together in the evening. Also Rami, now Rami's was put together in the morning. So Rami Barchama Lakamid Rash came from Rav Sheshas. Okma Benischa. And Rav Sheshas says that uh, it's your property. It's your property. It's written. Okay, we'll see why. Also, Marukva came in front of Nachman. Marukva came in front of Nachman. So Rav Sheshas said it's Rami's. Marukva came in front of Rav Nachman. And Okma Benischa said it's yours. So each one went to their own Paisik. And the problem was. Each Paisik paskened like that son. So now we have a problem. So what happens? Also, the two Paiskim, the two halachic rulers, are not agreeing with each other. So they went to meet. They went to have a meeting to figure this out. Amarle, Rav Sheshas said to Rav Nachman. Rav Sheshas, who gave it to Rami, said to Rav Nachman, who gave it to Marukva, the other brother. Amarle says, By time of Marachi. Why'd you paskin that it goes to Marukva when it was written later in the day? Amarle, he says, Dikadim, because he came first. He came first. Okay. Fine. Now, what does it mean he came first? So the Mufarshamir explained that what he's saying is that he, even though his, his uh, document wasn't signed first, it was handed over first. He says to him, We don't live in Yerushalayim where they write the hours. Okay? Meaning, maybe we should actually split it. She says, Well, if you're going to say that they should actually split it, why would you say it goes to Marukva? That's up to my uh, judgment. That's up to my judgment. I could decide... Which one she really wanted the land to go over to? Shudani, we paskin like Shmuel. Omarle, and I'm also a Paisik. And I decided that the mother really wanted Rami Barhab to have it, not Marukva. So you're relying on your, your uh, Shudadadaini, and I'm relying on my Shudadadaini. Omarle, as he says back to him, Chada, first of all, the Ana Daina, Umar Lav Daina. He says, first of all, I have a status of a Dayan. Rashi says that the Reish Kalusa, he had an official position. 
as a judge. And he says, you, you might be a Talmud Chacham, but you're not an official judge. You don't hold an official job as a judge. So therefore, I, my, my ruling uh, is, is uh, more, uh, more powerful than yours. And furthermore, you know, originally your whole psak, why you gave it to Rami, was because it was signed first. I said to you, we don't live in Yerushalayim, so we don't know ours. And now you want to go back and change and say it was Shuda Dedaini? No, you already told me your premise was based off of a mistake. That whole approach is a mistaken approach, and therefore you're wrong. So I'm relying on my psak. All right? I get the Maisa, beautiful Maisa. Going at each other on this. And it seems, Lamais at the end of the story, Rav Nachman, because he held the position and the, and the original proper reasoning to award it to Marukva instead of Rami, his, it seems that his ruling is the one that stuck. Another story. There were two stories, two documents that came in front of Rav Yosef. On one document, it said the fifth of Nisan. The Chad have a cost of baby Nisan stumble. The other one said it was done in the month of Nisan. Ukmer Rav Yosef lahu de Chamshav Nisan ben Asachim ben Achosim. Rav Yosef says that um, whoever has the exact date is going to get the land. Omar leiduch, the other one who just said the month of Nisan says to him, "Vano Afsid, I'm going to lose out by that ruling. Maybe." Mine was done in the first four days of Nisan, right? Yeah, he says, Taka, you have, um, you have the, you're the underdog here. You have the lower hand. Because, See, by you, granted it could have been the first four days, but it could also be the final 24 days. Right? Or 25 days. It could be up until the last day of Nisan was also from day 6 to day 29. So there's more days where you, uh, it may not be yours. Omar Lay, so he says to him, he says, um, li mar, Can you please write for me, top of tomorrow's daf? At least write for me a, uh, a document saying that from Rosh Chaydash Iyar and on, any land that was sold, I should get first dibs on. Because I for sure came before ER. The, the Nissan one I get. Why somebody else should have it. But I, we know I was a Nissan. So please give me rights to collect before any, you know, any, anybody who purchased land. You know, I should be able to take that back. Whoever bought the land. I can't write that for you. Because whoever bought the land even after that can say to you. Maybe it was on the first day of Nissan. And therefore go take the other guy's property not mine. You're basically stuck in, in a catch 22. You can't take from the Nissan guy. And if you go to a later guy, they're all going to say, hey, maybe you could take from the Nissan guy. Why are you coming to my land? So now he's stuck. Because he didn't have an exact date in Nissan, can't take land. Says the Gemara, my takante, what take should he do? What do you do? How do we help him? Nechtivu harsha'a lehadadi. means let the two guys who have something in Nissan the fifth day of Nisan and the plain guy in Nisan should write a arsha, should write a, a document of agreement to each other where basically they're, they're coming to an agreement where one's going to end up with the property and the other one's going to have the right to collect on behalf of both of them. 
for any properties that are going to take place after Nisan. Once he makes this this document and this cheshben with the fifth day of Nisan guy, so now he'll have the rights of both of them, and if he goes to a later guy uh, in ER, nobody's going to be allowed to send him back because they already have their their uh, harsha, uh, their harsha agreement. Okay, we'll hold it here for the evening. Up to the Mishnah, three lines to the top of Tzadik Hayom and Aleph. Bless him tomorrow morning. We will pick up nine thirty a.m. in Shul on Erev Yom Tif. Have a wonderful, wonderful, good uh, Have a wonderful week. Bless him. We'll see everybody in the morning. Take care.